Hi guys, before we get started, there's a podcast that I wanted to tell you about that you might want to check out if you like our show. It's called Ghosts in the Burbs, and I am obsessed with it. I've listened to it. Well, no, I came, I was a little bit of a late adopter, not too late though, but I've listened to all of it. I binged it like crazy. I think there were like 15 episodes or something when I started listening, and I blew through them. I love it. It's a really cool show. Uh, the host, Liz Sauer, uh, narrates stories of hauntings in the town she lives in in Massachusetts. Yep, Wellesley, Massachusetts. So there are episodes where she uh, – I, I, I'm, I went back to the beginning, so I'm listening to one where she – it's episode two, I think. I'm beyond that, but you understand. She's talking to somebody in a coffee shop, and he's talking about using a Ouija board – and bit by bit, the conversation starts to turn, and you realize that something sort of nefarious is at play. Right. Yeah, it's it's a really cool show. I you should all absolutely check it out. Totally, and it's like it's all one long narrative story. They're all like kind of chapters in a book, I guess you could say. Each episode, so you need to start from the beginning. But it rules, and it blows my mind because it's just Liz narrating it. But somehow, even though it's not from anybody else's perspective, she makes the world so rich. Like you totally get Wellesley, you totally get the characters. There are some characters who are recurring. It's definitely its own little ecosystem, and I really love it. Yeah, the so you writing check is it really out. good. The narration is really good. Yeah, it feels a little bit like you're listening to an ongoing audiobook mm-hmm. that's yep. like growing and developing. It kind of reminds me of a, a more grounded Welcome to Night Vale. Oh yeah, right. In the uh-huh. sense that this this world, these characters are sort of growing and developing over the course of time. It's a really great yeah. show. You should check it out. Ghosts in the Burbs. Yep. It's on every podcast app that you would think it is. Uh, you can go to www.ghostsintheburbs.com to find everything you need, such as the Twitter account, which is at Ghost in the Burbs. Right. Uh, so make sure you check it out. Make sure you follow it. Uh, tell Liz Sauer that Guide to the Unknown sent you. That's right. And there's also a Facebook group called Ghosts in the Bourbonites that you can join. That's kind of how Liz and I connected um, because I'm in it and active because I'm genuinely a huge fan of it. Yeah. So go check that out. Yep. And now, here's the show. Dun, dun, dun. Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we're back to scare you, entice you, uh, help you have a little fun, spice up your life. Yeah, maybe scare each other, scare ourselves. Yeah. How frequently would you say that you scare yourself? (laughs) I know. Uh... Okay, this isn't a this isn't a like a haunting scare thing. Yeah. I scared myself real bad on the way here. Really, it is, and I I wanted to talk about it on the show because it's so funny, and now I hope it translates and to be uh, not just a you had to be there thing. So either we're gonna have a great story or we're gonna have a bad a real bad story. Either way, it's fast. It's not <laughs> okay, too bad. Right. Okay, so when I was leaving, there's um you can turn a light on in my stairwell to go down to the outside, and I didn't turn it on. I was like, fine, and I wanted to put on my rain boots because it's not it's just raining here right now like freezing rain i guess and i put i put them on with the lights off and i was like this feels fine and normal and then i started to take and and i had the conscious thought like i'm not going to turn on the lights like i don't know why i would even not want to um not going to turn on the lights i'll just go and i took a couple steps and i was like something feels funny and so i turned the light i looked down and my i had my rain boots on uh, the wrong feet so they're all like out like that and i was thinking how much it would suck would also be so funny if i fell down the stairs because i had my rain boots on the wrong feet and yeah. i didn't turn the lights on like that's so cartoony i'm like whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. um i scared myself last night mm-hmm. i've been going to bed very early lately nice very it, early indeed is it good like is it intentional or you're just wiped uh no it's been intentional good. It's, it's been pretty nice good what time uh boy like nine now i go like up to bed i'm not necessarily yeah, yeah, like yeah. sleeping yeah. i do the whole like a million mm-hmm. lights from my laptop and right. my phone whatever yeah but so i was lying in bed and uh you know we've moved into the new house mm-hmm. and in the old place there was an empty house on one side of us yep and on the other side of us our neighbors just had like a bunch of junk in their driveway they couldn't park their car mm-hmm. in the driveway yeah. Allie is away on a business trip right now so a car pulls up outside and Molly the dog starts going like, oh, she's back. She must be back because she's not used to hearing cars park unless it's one of us. Right. But it's obviously it's not. It's a neighbor. Now people can park right alongside the house. Molly starts crying. 
Aww. Then, <laughs> oh Molly. Suddenly, I start thinking like, but wait, like, what if that car is in my driveway? And so I paused the podcast I was listening to and started trying to listen real hard <laughs> to see if somebody's trying to open my back door. Yeah. And I'm like, would I even know the sound of it yet? Maybe I wouldn't. What if there's someone in my house right now? Oh, God. I, I mean, you'd be able myself. to hear the sound of something going on in your house, I think, though. I would think, but yeah. I don't know. And I'm like thinking, like, what do I have in the room right now that I could conceivably use as a weapon? And I'm like, I have a curtain rod. <laughs> like, I guess I could have, develop a spear. <laughs> and um, then mysteriously, the bedside light just went out on its own. Uh, and I started thinking about ghosts, and I scared myself even worse. That's weird. <laughs> it was all the was the bulb burnt out or anything? I think it was loosely in the socket because uh-huh. I nudged a little bit and went right back on. Okay, it was yeah. just it was just bad That's... timing. I just went ahead and scared myself on a couple of different levels. That's definitely scary. I totally get that. Just go ahead and frighten myself at and every moment. What was your curtain rod substantial, or was it like um, an aluminum one that's really light? Aluminum piece of crap. That's what I yeah. used to as my weapon when. Or I'll fast forward the story. I know I talked about it on book club, book club once. <laughs> Everything ends up fine. By the way, there was a man looking in at me from my back sliding glass door at an old apartment. And then what happened after that? And then I, I heard a scary door. I I heard a scary door. I heard a scary noise at the back door. And I was like, you're just being crazy. It's, it's the, um, the dryer or something. And also even about the man, I didn't see, like, I saw somebody walking away from my, my back thing. And this sounds funny, but it's really true. It was peak Pokemon go time. (laughs) And so I was like, maybe somebody walking around for Pokemon go. Don't be crazy, Kristen. So then I heard a noise and I was like, there's something, whatever. It's just a house noise. And then my doorbell rang and this was at like 11 o'clock. So then I was like, this is all bad. And um, I grabbed a crappy light aluminum curtain rod to defend myself. It it would have to do something. I have to do something. Everything turned out fine. I ended up calling the cops and I'm fine. But yeah, that was also my instinct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to use what you got around you. I know. I I also used crumbs. I brought him to the door with me so that they could hear him barking a lot. That's good. I watched a video online. Somebody had uh, like home security stuff all over their house. Mm -hmm. And he's playing back the footage going like, now watch this. You can see my wife pulling the car up in the driveway, bringing the groceries around. Now look in the background. You can see this van pull up. And it's this guy who was following the woman home, Mm -hmm. gets out of his van, starts creeping up the driveway. And the guy's like, now look, he's switching back and forth between angles of cameras around his house. And he's going, you can see him standing at the edge of the, the garage door looking in. And now look, here's my dog, Max. Max comes walking out. The man goes running away. I have to say, so Crumbs is a real pain with barking. Yeah. I was so grateful that he's a pain with barking. And when oh, I yeah. say I brought him to the door, I didn't open the door for the guy. There was like an outer vestibule yeah. kind of thing. So I went to my door, which was locked, to look in the peephole and see if anybody yeah. was in there. And they weren't. But I just brought Crumbs so that you could conceivably hear yeah. a dog barking. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I <laughs> Scary am, stuff. Uh, by the way, I am, of course, dreaming about having cameras all around my new house. Uh, if there you are should any- get that um, Nest thing. If Nest wants to sponsor Guide to the Unknown yeah. and send me some units to test out and talk about on the show for free, yeah, I'll do that. Let's get that good Nest money going. Email definitely not going to happen at talkbomb.com. <laughs> or that will get to me. GTTUpod at gmail.com in case it will happen. Yeah, true. Send me some yeah. free stuff, Nest. Keep me safe. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, anyway. Or if we could spot ghosts on uh, the cameras. Yeah. Look out which- for orbs. Folds beautifully into my tail, unless you have anything else you want to talk about. I do have one thing I want to do. Okay, cliffhanger. Uh, I still have not found the two sense horror stories that I wrote on note cards and packed. (laughs) I figured. I'll find them soon. Yeah. However, uh, I do have a new segment that I want to introduce before we get to our main stories. On this show, Kristen and I sit down and we document stories of uh, paranormal events that have taken place, Mm -hmm. monsters from the world, and sometimes... I come across things to re- in my research that just aren't enough for a full topic. Okay, this is very strange. Go ahead. Kristen, it's time for a bite-sized monster madness. I just made that up. Is that all right? Is that a good it's name? It's completely fine, but it's also weird because I was thinking about the same thing 
today really? because my original subject was not quite enough for a whole yeah. to do, and it seems to somewhat rhyme with what you have there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. Bite Size Monster Madness is going to be a hit new feature. That's insane. Yeah. All right. So for the first edition, I like it now, yeah. Bite Size Monster Madness, Yeah. I'm going to tell you about the Mahaha. Cool. The Mahaha is an Inuit uh, mythological monster creature. I don't know. Sweet. Uh, and it exists primarily in cold temperature environments. Cool. Uh, the reason I picked it is we're in the middle right now, I guess the beginning of yeah. uh, one hopefully final nor'easter for yeah. uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. I wanted to pick something that was like, oh no, cold in your face. Right. Freezy in your face. So the Mahaha is this monster who is, uh, it's, it's face is frozen in a rictus smile. Ooh. People theorize that it looks like this because it's mimicking what happens to actual humans when they die in freezing temperatures. I don't know if, if that's a thing, that your face gets frozen in a smile. I don't know. I mean, Jack Nicholson's face isn't frozen into a smile in The Shining. Well, I guess he is kind of like... He's got a grim... Yeah, I guess it's kind of a smile. What's his mouth his doing? His lips are like peeled back. Yeah, the up. idea of having your lips peeled back is Ew. gross. It's a gross phrase. It really is. Anyway, what the Mahaha does, Kristen, mm-hmm. he uh, chases you down. He's got, you know, uh, he lumbers after you kind of. He's got icy blue skin. Ooh, I don't love a lumbering no monster. Long fingered hands. And the Mahaha will tickle you to death. William, he's not smiling. He's just got a. Did you not face. hear me? The Mahaha will tickle you to death. That sounds horrible. That I is what is at risk tickled. if you run across a Mahaha. Oh, and you're probably really cold, too, yeah. if you run across the Mahaha. Uh-huh. But don't worry. That sounds like the worst of all worlds. You can defeat it. If you offer it a drink, you go like, hey, come drink with me. And it stands beside you thinking like, oh, maybe we'll be buddies. Then you push it into the river and it gets carried away downstream. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. Bite-sized monster madness, the Mahaha. That's awesome. Stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look alive out there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what my thing was that I looked up today, and then I was like, it's not really quite enough. Maybe we should do a thing where it's like shorties. Okay. Um, Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga? Yeah. Wait, what is that? It's um kind of a, an Eastern European mishmash of stories into one sort of witch-like figure. Huh. Okay. So Baba, um, I think that they said that it could be a few different things, but it could have to do with um, babushka, kind of like an older woman. Okay. And then I think Yaga means witch. And I mean, she sounds so awesome. She flies inside a mortar, like mortar and pestle, and like uses a pestle or waves it around or something like That's that. That's awesome. She sounds totally sweet. But when I was doing my research, I was stoked about it. It was actually really funny. I... um. I hadn't thought of a subject yet for today. And when I woke up, I was like, oh man, you gotta, you gotta think of something. And then I thought to myself, Baba Yaga, when I was just in bed and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with that first instinct then. Um, but then when I, I know, but then when I looked up, I was like, there's not, this is sweet, but it's not really long enough for a thing. So, you know, I, I could fill in more gaps, but I don't totally remember. That's what Baba Yaga is. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Baba Yaga and the Mahaha. Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah. For the first ever edition of Bite Size Monster Madness. That's right. Your Guide to the Unknown. Awesome. I'm into it. (laughs) That was rad. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that rules. (laughs) Cool. Love it. Okay, why don't we get to the main schlemiel for the evening? Are you hungry for schlemazel? Yeah, you've had something bite-sized. Yeah. Who wants a seven-course meal? That's right. Even though mine is, well, it's not that brief. Okay. 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 So I know that your answer is going to be nothing to this question. William, what do you know about the Willard Library of Evansville, Indiana? (laughs) The Willard Library of Evansville, Indiana. So much. Probably (laughs) too much. Where do I start? Dewey Decimal. (laughs) I bet he's been there. Love him. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the Willard Library is this library that has a ghost camera online at all times because it's supposed to be haunted. Cool. So you can go online. And that's part of what I like so much about this story. There are, I love thinking about what's behind it, even though I don't know. There are so many websites associated with the Willard Library and the Willard Ghost that seem to all originate from the library staff. And some of them are kind of old. So it makes me think that they just love it. And maybe like some of them got overzealous with making different websites. Like there are more websites than there need to be. And I kind of like 
I kept looking down at the copyright information at the bottom, and they're all Willard Library. Huh. So I feel like it's different staff members, or it'll be linked to from the Willard Library main site. Yeah. It's like different staff members who were so stoked about it. I don't know. I just like it. Huh. That's cool. So in um, the Willard Library, it said that there's a ghost called the Gray Lady, which mm. is a common ghost name. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, they don't know exactly who it is, but let me take you back to the first sighting of the gray lady at the library. Hmm. So the first sighting was in 1937 and a custodian who was in the basement saw a woman down there kind of in the basement. I guess I got the gist. It was kind of a big basement. And um, he thought that it was a homeless person or a transient because it was cold outside and he thought somebody was coming in from the cold. And I guess he kind of let people do that sometimes. He would just kind of like look the other way. That's nice. Uh, Yeah, totally. Um, And then he realized that he could see through her and he was like, whoa, that's freaky. And then he saw her a bunch of other times and he, he was unsettled by it. Um, and he ended up quitting the library specifically because of the gray lady ghost and he couldn't take it. He's the only person on record who quit because there's a ghost here and I don't like it. Yeah. And then it seems like he, he succumbed to drink. He became somebody who drank a lot. You're fired from the library. Turn in your library card and your bookmark. You're done here. (laughs) Pack it up, custodian. (laughs) I thought I had the name. I don't know if you'd seen the character. I glanced real quick because I thought I could be like, pack it up, Johnson. But I, there was nothing there. It just, wow. said, it just said custodian. <laughs> John Custodian. That, well, <laughs> sounds like a man of distinction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the custo with the gusto. <laughs> but guess whose name I do have? Margaret Meyer, the children's librarian. Mm. Now, she worked at the library for a very long time. She started working there in the 1950s, and she saw the gray lady all the time, um, partially because, or maybe this is where the reputation came from, that the gray lady shows up most in the children's reading room. Like, you know, like the cute room in a lot of okay. libraries where, you know, they have cute little chairs, and it's just like very kid-centric. Yeah. Um, so she saw her so much and wasn't threatened by her whatsoever and came to think of her as almost like a coworker or a companion. It was just kind of a presence in the library that she was fine with and enjoyed seeing. Um, one of her experiences where somebody else kind of saw it when she was around was that I guess the library has a tradition where they have an Easter egg tree that they set up in the children's area, which actually I think is set up now. Yeah, it's set up now. I saw it today when I was looking this up. Um, so it's like, it's a tree that has a bunch of cute Easter eggs hanging from it. And she was doing, they must do some sort of, I kind of like that. I can see it while I'm talking about it right now. Um, they must do some sort of like unveiling of the Easter egg tree and have a party or something like that when whatever. And, um, she and her sister who I guess she was really close to and hung around a lot were previewing the Easter egg tree for a few families. Like there's a couple of mothers and their kids. And I guess they're just like, you want to take a peek or something like that. And then this three-year-old boy like wandered away from them. He wandered away from it. He wasn't having it. And the mom was like, come back, Timmy or whatever. And he was like, no, I'm scared of the ghost. And, you know, they said, or she said, like, maybe he heard somebody talking about it, but I don't know. And it was just kind of strange. And it was one of the first times she saw somebody else talk about it. Cool. But it wouldn't be the last time. Um, so they remodeled the library or at least maybe the children's room in 1980. And she felt like the gray lady followed her home. Um, there was one night where in the middle of the night, um, she woke up or he said her sister woke her up, which I don't know why, um, in the middle of the night and she could smell the distinctive musky perfume of the gray lady, which is a common theme that people smell this kind of like old musky perfume. Okay. Musky. I know. Yeah. Uh, people like a musky perfume, though. I um, prefer a musky perfume. <laughs> I like oud. I know. I know. O u d is a perfume thing. Uh, uh, Your wife, Allie, who works in fragrance, would know. Yeah. Um, wish she was here right now. Um, okay, so at home, she saw the gray lady in the living room, and so did her sister. And then a few days later, this is one of these things that I love because it's like. Okay, you know, why would you ever think that this was a thing? Um, that her nephew, who was over, was like, why are you dressed like an old-timey person, Aunt Margaret? Why are you in, like, you know, petticoats and whatever? 
And then Aunt Margaret walked into the room, and the nephew saw Aunt Margaret and the thing that he thought was Aunt Margaret and was like, Bleh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's always funny because, like, if you – okay, so if there was a figure in the house that was dressed like, I don't know, an, a, an old colonial man, I would be like, Will, why are you wearing that really long vest? <laughs> With tons of buttons. But you might say something like, you would probably just be like, what are you doing? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but still, it's funny. I would. It's hard for me to think that I would see something like that and be like, oh, that's William, just dressed like a person from the 1800s. Well, but I assume that that means that Margaret looks something like the Grey Lady. Right? But that that's a common thing in these How stories. Awesome would it be? I, I still want to, I think I've mentioned this uh, periodically, yeah. maybe not on a show. I really want to do like a weekend in the middle of nowhere. We've I totally want to get an Airbnb it. in the woods, mm-hmm. removed from society. What if we did that? Mm-hmm. And so we get well, this wait, Airbnb. Well, wait, what do you mean? Not a, not a haunted place? It's just doing no, it's an just Airbnb like, for fun? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, yeah. But we go in there and there's like a portrait over the mantle and it's from, it's it's like the Duchess uh, uh, Cambridge. Uh, Duchess Cambridge. That's um. That's Kate Middleton. And uh, and her husband uh, William Kerchief, and the man looks exactly like me, but it's from like three hundred years ago. You know, and and we're like, I love what does that. this mean? You yeah. know, like in horror movies where they open a locket and they're like, wow, Jason Voorhees' mom looks exactly like you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah, totally. And then it turns out to be one of the most important things in the world, like. How amazing would it be if that happened? It's in the real turning life? point of our lives. Yeah, yeah, where you really are like, why'd you bring that costume here, Will? And then I walk in there. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh my god, it was the ghost of uh, Sir that guy in the portrait, Bertram Kerchief. Yeah, <laughs> that's even harder to say now. That's really hard to say. <laughs> Bertram Kerchief. Bertram Kerchief. That's pretty tough. Don't. But yeah, it's worth it. Say Bertram. Bert- Bertram Kerchief in the mirror three times. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? Is there is there a mirror in with the Pittsburgh toilet in there, or it's just the toilet? There's barely anything in there. <laughs> barely has room for a for a person. <laughs> in case you don't know, in William's new house, there's a closet-sized room with only a toilet in it, and that is apparently called a Pittsburgh toilet. That's the like architectural feature. Yep. I don't know. It stands out to me. Creature feature. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I couldn't find where this came about or why, but apparently Margaret is the one who coined the name the Grey Lady for her, cool. and she insisted it be spelled with an E like the British way. Not like A, like the American way. Is that the difference between the two versions? Yes. And I've also heard that, um, gra- and it could be that I've heard this because I did hair for a long time, that you change the A and the E depending on man and woman. Oh. Um, like, so for, like, for de- definitely the word blonde, if you're talking about a man, that's without an E. And if you're talking about a woman, it's with an E. Huh. Um, I kind of think think that it's an which is confusing i actually think it's an a for a woman and with an e if you're talking about a man weird yeah um so i don't know maybe huh, interesting yeah um so hang on go to picks for occurrences i have other cool scary stories about what happened with the gray lady Let me cool. see. i just put in a new app and it rearranged my icons i apologize okay so i'm just gonna straight up read these um because they need no embellishment. Okay. Oh, and also, I also find that these stories, I don't know, I find this whole thing very charming. I like that they, like the people who work for the library, presumably, wrote up these websites and everything. And I yeah. like that they're talking about their coworkers by yeah. some chance and being like, Lynn Martin. And it's like, Lynn is my friend. And it's like, she encountered this. I just like that they're like, and there's it. something to me that's very classic about the idea of a ghost in a library. Yes. And even when you started talking about uh, – is it is it Margaret who is the children's librarian? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like when, even when you say that. I know like libraries are perfectly modern things. Yeah. Librarians mm-hmm. are you know not like some like weird thing from another time. I actually think you... librarians rule. I yeah. think there's a like a high percentage of like really really cool librarians. Completely agree. Yeah, but for some reason when you start talking about like friend Jen, when you she's a librarian, when you tar- start talking about like old libraries and ghosts and being like the children's librarian mm-hmm. saw it, it feels very classic. There's yeah. something that's very sort of comforting and inviting about that story it's a cozy mystery it is it's a cozy mystery Mm -hmm. wonderful i love a cozy mystery absolutely i also like that 
Um, it's that thing on websites. I don't know if there's a name for it, but like where their apostrophe is, it's messed up. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like kind of like a very homegrown website. I just find the whole thing very charming. Okay. Um, so Carol Bartlett and David, her coworker, were straightening up at closing time on a Sunday afternoon. David was arranging the chairs around the tables. Carol had been working in another area, and when she came to where David had been straightening up, she found one of the chairs pushed away from the table. She pushed it back where it belonged. Not more than five minutes later, they found the chair pushed out again. While Carol had been somewhat dubious about her coworkers' claimed ghost encounters, she now experienced something very unusual herself. Mm. Um, Lynn Martin, who is now head of special collections for the library, just letting you know, because they know Lynn Martin and they want to give her her due, yeah. saw the box move, uh, no, saw a, a file box move off its shelf and fall in a lovely arch. She had been behind the counter. Another staff member was standing in front of it. It looked almost as if the file had jumped rather than having been pushed. The file spilled its contents onto the floor in the perfect shape of a fan. Lynn was surprised, to say the least, by this rather unusual occurrence. Huh. Anne Wills, the children's librarian, was alone in the children's room. She was wearing long, dangling earrings. She felt someone behind her pull her hair back and touch the earring on one ear. When she turned to see who it was, nobody was there. I know I was going to comment on that one. I I wear a lot of dangling earrings, as you can see in the YouTube version, and uh, it would freak me right out if I thought Yeah, most of them are like really sort of like – it's written in a voice that – like the word is comforting, that you're like – there's the idea of ghosts as being this thing that makes me very paranoid and mm-hmm. frightened. The way that it's written in what you are reading here is written in this very sort of like matter of fact. Yeah. Like, isn't this quirky and, and interesting? Fascinating. Like one of those fascinating things that can happen. Blah, I blah, bet blah. they think it's fascinating. Exactly. Right. But then when you read the story about like p- touching pulling on you. hair and touching my earrings. Totally. No, thanks. I, don't I think that that's the only one that you would be like <laughs> yeah. they're all just kind of like weird things that would not naturally happen okay let's see anita glover had okay anita glover had a couple of experiences with the lady in gray at the time she was the assistant children's librarian and joan elliott parker was the special collections librarian joan had gone into the old women's bathroom in the basement and locked the door behind her why'd you go into the old bathroom yeah or was it for old women <laughs> hmm. um, the faucet turned on Joan turned it off at the same time Anita noticed her security camera showing someone there but not quite visible moving quickly down the hallway Ooh, that's kind of scary actually yeah, that is scary <laughs> um, Greg Hager director for the Willard Library once, spelt, once smelled very strong perfume in the men's room he checked to see if any of the women had recently gone in to restock supplies but nobody had many others reported similar olfactory incidents Uh-oh. and these experienced <laughs> And those experienced in these things, in olfactory incidents in the bathroom, I've got some experience in that area, um, claim that the strong smell of perfume often accompanies the presence of a ghost. Okay, people verse in the presence of ghosts, not the presence of olfactory incidents in bathrooms. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a weird one. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> that is weird, though. If I smelled like men's cologne in the... Well, no, I wouldn't. I'd just be like, there's a lady wearing... Like funky perfume or whatever. It smells like a ghost in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is unusual. Smell like ladylike perfume in a men's room, probably. I get, smells I get like it. Like a freaking banshee in the men's room. I get it. Um, Greg also reports that there have been strange electrical encounters. For example, light bulbs will go off and on by themselves, William. Yeah. Even though the lights are on the same electrical circuit, one evening the whole building was doing that with no obvious explanation. And he says a lot of people have reported having problems with recording and video equipment. Which brings me to yet another spooky incident. It's under the heading on the website, another spooky incident. Okay. I don't know why it's not just part of that same list of things. Yeah, why why bother segmenting it? I'm glad it's not. Yeah. So same guy, uh, Greg Hager, who's the director, recalls one, one incident where he was meeting with a television reporter to talk about an upcoming book sale. During the interview, a couple of staff members who had been working in the children's room came up to them. One was very upset and visibly shaking. The assistant librarian had been selecting children's materials for the book sale and had taken the selected materials to log them into the computer. It took only a few minutes to complete the computer work. When they returned to the shelves, they discovered that every fourth book or so had been partially pulled down and was jutting out from its shelf at an angle. Hmm. Several hundred books across several bookshelves had been rearranged in this fashion, which is so awesome. Yeah. 
Um, Greg estimates that it would have taken an experienced librarian. Wait, why would you have to be a librarian to do this? Whatever. It would have taken an experienced librarian 10 to 15 minutes to do something like this. But the library workers had been away from the stacks for only a few minutes. There were no other people in the children's area at the, at the time. You have well, to be an experienced librarian to do this, to pull yeah, out a book? Yeah. No. But still. No amateur librarian could do that. Could pull this off. Yeah. But still, nobody, I mean, nobody was there. Sorry, but that's like literally out of Ghostbusters. Do you have anything to say about Ghostbusters in this? Well, I mean, the parallels are obvious. Okay. Yeah. So there's a moment in it where there are like a bunch of stacked books. Yeah. And Egon goes like, I think it's maybe Dan Aykroyd. He goes like, symmetrical book stacking. I haven't seen this since the Tunguska experiments or whatever the hell he says. And Bill Murray says, he goes, yes, no, no human could stack books like this. It's the same. How can they write that without even thinking about that? But what if it happened? Moment, I guess. But to be like, to be like an experienced, a seasoned librarian. I know. Because they're so cute. That's why William. That, they're so. That's the first one that made me kind of. I don't know. I think that's really weird. If you were like away for like a few minutes and you come back and have hundreds of bookshelves, they're like books pulled out that's i find that really freaky i completely agree it's the attempt at selling it as being especially paranormal yes yes undercuts i do get that um okay let me see yeah there were no other people in the children's area at that time the television reporter interviewed one of the women because there was a television reporter on hand to talk about the book sale um but the other wasn't interested in being interviewed. The camera operator taped the interview and took video footage of the rearranged books. The reporter called Greg after returning to the studio. Now she was upset. She told him the video of Greg's interview about the book sale was intact, but the footage of the interview with the woman who had been working in the children's room was completely blank, as was the video showing the rearranged bookshelves. Hmm. To compound this unfortunate circumstance, all this activity took place just outside the view of the existing ghost cam. None of this unusual activity was was recorded. Hmm. Darn. Yeah, that's a shame. Whoa, I know. I see a ghost. Whoa. Ah! <laughs> um. <laughs> you guys should watch the ghost cam thing or just check in on it. Oh, man. I'm so bummed that that did not work. So, uh-huh. all right. This doesn't work for anybody because I'm not no. capturing it. But Chris and I are actively looking at the live cameras in the Willard Ghost Library. Mm-hmm. And... Even this I find very charming. It's the old style of having a live camera where it's not live video. It's a photograph gets posted every 30 seconds. Right. So the 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 camera just updates with basically a new still image. And I looked over and there was like some sort of a maintenance man halfway up the staircase. <laughs> and I tried to click it to save it and it crashed. Uh, what if we shame. find out tomorrow that there was this crazy robbery in the library and uh, it was we actually caught somebody going to cut the feed? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. You're right. Well, like I have been thinking a lot lately about how weird it is to like think of like think of what time is it right now in real life? Eight forty five. Eight forty five. All right. Let's say malls are probably still open right now. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. What's a place that should probably be cl- well a library? Yeah. Like let's think of the local library right uh-huh. now. Is there really no one in that building right now? How certain are we? You that know there's what? Not I can report back because library? our friend. And listener and Patreon donor Jennifer Larson is a librarian at our local library. At our local library? Yes. What are you talking about? Yeah. In town? Yes. Did I know this? I don't know. Why wouldn't you tell me this? I think I have. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Um, That's so cool. I know. Remember, she did. I told you she did a program there teaching people how to access podcasts and stuff. I knew about that. I don't think I realized that that was in town. Yeah, yeah. I um, I somebody posted on facebook the other day about those mm-hmm. ghost railroad tracks at the beach that you posted yeah uh-huh. on at gttu pod social media yep and people were like oh we should go to this i'm like oh my god like I, it's so yeah. weird like i i live in this house and i never leave this room yeah and uh uh like i forget that there are real people I... out there that are in the state potentially i guess in the town that might be listening to our stuff and it's like it's like, how can we not have run into each other? Or something, I know, you know, I know it's yeah. crazy, but I'm like that too. Mom and I were talking about that. Like there are things that go on that I, for some reason, and mom feels the same way. It's a family thing with you too. I forget. I, I could participate in that yeah. as well. Oh yeah. Like we were talking about the flower show in Philadelphia and we were like, why don't we ever do things like, like, like I hear about, it. I'm like, Oh, that sounds so cool, but it doesn't even, 
it doesn't seem like an option that you could participate. No, and I don't have to explain it. I'm just like, that seems really neat. That sounds so cool that people will do that. that. I can do that. I know. I think that that is like the most, like a very underlying uh, <laughs> affect of being somewhat like antisocial. <laughs> yeah. That like, it doesn't even feel in the realm of possibility that I could reach out to people and be like, let's go get. Like, let's go get some coffee. Like, that doesn't feel like an option. No, yeah. no, not at all. And That's I know people weird. do it, but it's just like. How do they do it? How do they do that? What's going on? I know. Yeah, I, don't I get know. It. it was a huge um, <laughs> accomplishment that I went to the coffee shop last week and yeah. did work there. Yeah. I felt like I was going on a, a zip line. Yeah. And thrill ride through a rainforest. Yeah. I was like, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, so you might wonder who is this perhaps gray lady ghost William? Oh, I do wonder. So we don't know for sure, but it's theorized that it could be Louise Carpenter, who is the daughter of the librarian's founder, Willard Carpenter. Ooh. Now the thing that might make it not the case was that Willard Carpenter was apparently a real tough customer when he died Two different newspapers didn't say bad things about them themselves, but both obituaries said there are a lot of people who have not nice things to say about Willard Carpenter. Wow. And Why appara- even post that unless it's he, unavoidable? He was apparently a not nice guy. Cool. Um, he, When he died, he left most of his estate to the library and not to his children. Mm. So Louise Carpenter was pissed about that, and she tried to sue the library to get some of that inheritance, and it didn't work. So she always held a grudge against the library. And so that's why some people say that she may be haunting it. But the thing is, huh. the gray lady is very nice. So people, some people don't think it's her because right. the gray lady is kind of like a comforting, fine presence. And if and if it were some sort of revenge specifically about the library, why would she have followed Margaret home? Mm-hmm. The story's got more holes than a piece of Swiss cheese. That's right. Um, and that's pretty much it. Um, so the the cams are in the children's room, the research room, and the basement. Okay. And you can go find those at willardghost.com. But if you just Google Willard Library Ghost or anything, like I said, there are multiple websites for it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And some like some of them are like kind of detailed. One of them is I think that it's it's domain or whatever, it's like hosting thing is Courier Press. And so it's probably like, you know, willardlibrary.couriorpress.com or something. And it's like a scroll you go to. And it seems like somebody put a lot of care into making it. But it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of one of the older ones. Okay. I just love this whole story. I love that this library has a ghost cam yeah. that you can check in on. Charming and comforting are yeah. the two words mm-hmm. about this ghost story. Yep. I love it. Yep, me I too. love it. Where, what state is it in? Um, Indiana. Indiana. It's in Evansville, Indiana. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Is anybody out there in Indiana? Yeah. Report back. You should go. Go to the go to the library and report back to us. Be our field reporters. Exactly. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Can we talk about Ghostbusters for a hot second? I would love to talk about Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters. So uh, I, I obviously I can't stop thinking about it. You obviously are aware of it, mm-hmm. but people out there uh, uh, maybe aren't seeing the connections. Or, maybe you've heard of Ghostbusters, or maybe they're like, "Oh, please, for the love of God, talk about the Gray Lady right. in Ghostbusters." Right. In the first Ghostbusters mm-hmm. movie, Ghostbusters. Yeah. They open with a librarian walking through these stacks of books at the New York Public Library, turns a corner, screams, and then it's that iconic like purple light on her and wind blowing through her hair. And then, bam, they smash to the Ghostbusters music and logo. That is the... That's the cold open of the movie. Yep. And then the first thing that the Ghostbusters do is go back to that library and investigate the Grey Lady. It's the first ghost that they see. Do they call it a Grey Lady in there? Yes. Oh, see, that connection I didn't make. I yes. didn't realize that. It ah. is what convinces them to go into business uh-huh. uh, studying ghosts. Right. Oh. The Grey Lady. I didn't know it was literally called the Grey Lady. Yes. So that ghost, she does things like she makes books hover from stack to stack. She makes stacks vertically of books from the floor to the ceiling. She leaves ectoplasm goo all over stuff. She fires uh, note cards out of the the filing system of the Dewey Decimal, mm-hmm. whatever. Kind of wish the Dewey Decimal system was still there, just a little it's bit. It's still there. What are you talking about? They have the Dewey Decimal System in libraries. Oh yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. What do you? When's that's... the last time you went to a library? Oh, uh, it's been a bit. I don't think they do, William. I'm they have computers. Sure they do. Why do you think that? I don't know. Do we get in touch? Yeah. Are you still in use? Let us know. There's not the Dewey Decimal System thing at the Highland Park Library. I'm sure there is. All right. I'm quite sure. Okay. So, what? um, 
Why do you think that though? Why would that be still in place? If it ain't broke, Rather, don't, don't fix it. But everything has gone digital. Why would they? Why would? Why would the Dewey Decimal System be the holdout? Kristen, <laughs> listen to me. Look, you're glib. There's some things you don't understand. Okay? You're glib. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So, um, in the movie Ghostbusters, they get scared away. They run away. Whatever. They don't. They don't re like approach the gray lady again mm-hmm. in any of the movies. Yeah. At all. Right. Ever. Never. However. In the 2009 video game, Ghostbusters, the video game, written by Dan Aykroyd and other man, Egon, Harold oh, Amos, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and starring the main cast, it's essentially, it functions as Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, it's so cool. I haven't played all of it, but I watched Will play oh, some of it. It's so good. You go back to that, to the New York Public Library, you track down the gray lady and you learn her story. It is. Oh, that's so cool. I don't remember. It is very cool. It is very chilling. Um, you walk through the library and she sh- shushes you and then flies through like a wall and you keep following her. And eventually you find out that she was the victim of a serial killer. The, spoiler alert for Ghostbusters, the video game. <laughs> uh, she was the victim of a serial killer called The Collector. And he had a secret room in the New York Public Library where he had taken like dark like the Necronomicon Ex Mortis evil books yeah. about dark magic and uh, a witchcraft, and he killed her in that room. That's awesome. Uh huh. So like they embellish in a way that makes it still feel exciting and interesting, but it leaves you going like that ghost is still a victim somehow, which right. is very interesting. And uh, yeah, very cool. And I wonder if it is to some degree a, the gray lady in a library. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that it has some connection. I wonder to the Willard Library. I know. I want to Google that now. Yeah. Huh? Interesting. Also, I wonder if that scary, 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 scary serial killer in the game had a Dewey Decimal system where he cataloged his kills. Maybe it was Dewey Decimal himself, the main man. Finally, meet him in the flesh. <laughs> but he had a a drawer that he pulled out, and it was like Gray Lady. This person, that person. Oh man, that would be such a dorky, like a- appropriately '90s when they were just like the Bone Collector. There were just like a million of oh, these, yeah. like serial killer, kiss the girls. Oh, they love to collect things. They're like, there's, there's numbers, there's numbers cut into her skin. What does it mean? I have to say, it's one, one of my one favorite of, like, genres. Well, you pull Luca, don't you go to the library? It's the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> I would love that. I love killers who. Collect things or, or have some sort of calling card like that. Yeah, yeah. Fictionally. Um, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's right, sweet. Yeah. All right. All right. So. Hit me. Kristen, I'm pulling out one of the big guns. Ooh, what? Yeah. This is this is one of like the tippy top of the legendary monsters Ooh. realm. Kristen, why don't you go ahead and tell me everything you think you know <laughs> about Bloody Mary. Oh, I've been I've been looking forward to one of us doing Bloody Mary. Yeah, I love Bloody Mary, but I bet there's a lot I don't know about it. Um, you know, the thing is, you go to a mirror in the dark and you say Bloody Mary three times into the mirror, and then she's gonna appear to you in the mirror. To what end? I guess she kills you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that's where my yeah my familiarity with it also diverged yeah. from there. You know what I weirdly you can summon her, and then what? I don't know. Right. You know what I did? I, for some reason, I have I have like the memory of it. Maybe yeah. it's because these rooms were next to each other in our house uh, in Connecticut where we grew up. I remember going into the laundry room to do Bloody Mary. Yep. You do? Yep. Why did we do it? There's no there's no mirror. There was what, a mirror. Was Oh, it was. Okay. I, I was going to say maybe it was, there to, was a mirror. maybe it was to mitigate the risk. We got to do Bloody Mary, but then no mirror. So we don't have to worry about well, it. Well, it is weird. I, I think there was a mirror in there. Why would there be a mirror in the laundry room, though? There I don't know, be. but I don't know why we would have picked that over the bathroom because most people I think of a, of approximately our age, modern era people, I yeah. should say, because I think that this modern version of Bloody Mary has been, I think, in use since like the 70s, uh-huh. maybe earlier, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But so mostly it's about kids going into the bathroom mm-hmm. because that is a room where it's easy to dim the lights, make yeah. it very dark, and there's a mirror in there. And yeah. the mirror is central to this. Yes. You are supposed to be in a dark room maybe dimly lit, maybe lit only by a candle, mm-hmm. maybe just enough so that you can kind of sort of see each other. Yeah. Maybe it's completely pitch black, but you let your eyes sort of acclimate to the darkness yeah. a little bit. Um, and you say Bloody Mary three times into the mirror and she appears. Mm-hmm. Um, now here's the thing, Kristen. Okay. The origin of Bloody Mary 
is not a, uh, a single answer. Right. There are several interpretations as to what Bloody Mary is and uh, what she wants, what she does, so on and so forth. Here's Okay, I have two things that I, in my head somewhere, I think they're associated with, with Bloody Mary. Is, does Mary Queen of Scots do anything in here? Mary Queen of Scots, is that Queen Mary the first or whatever? I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I'm not probably, sure. Because, yeah, she... If, if we're talking about the same person, then yeah, she, okay. she comes up. And then is there also a Bloody Mary legend that has to, it's like a, some sort of his, like a Latin origin or no? Mm, no, I don't, I don't. Maybe I'm just so. thinking of La Urena because they get kind of. Maybe. Mixed up with each other sometimes. Maybe. Okay. Now I do have an update uh, from the live chat in the, uh, the Facebook uh, broadcast here. Our mom is weighed in. There was indeed a mirror in okay. the laundry room that makes in the sense. house we grew up in, which is why we did Bloody Mary. In and there. it was a bigger room than the bathroom right down the hall, so William and I could fit comfortably. That's right. I also want to say that I listened to a Sesame Street Halloween cassette tape of Bert and Ernie telling each other scary stories. It had very frightening music, and it scared me. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. It scared me. Huh. Yes. Okay. So uh, this is one of the original versions of the Bloody Mary story. Great. Uh, Essentially, we have like almost like a choose your own adventure, multiple choice answer for the origin. Sweet. Uh, But this is the one of the ones that I found the most interesting. Cool. Uh, It used to be a thing uh, to tell specifically young girls. Mm-hmm. To in a dimly lit house, hold a candle, and hold a handheld mirror. Yeah, and walk up a staircase backwards. Oh, looking into the mirror, and as you gaze into the mirror, you supposedly see the face of your future husband. Oh, yeah, it still sounds scary to me. It's yeah. even though that's like a nice thing, it still sounds sinister somehow. I agree. It, there's something like kind of. Dark. Yeah, because it sounds witchcraft. Yeah, totally. You have to walk backwards. Yeah, it's like scrying. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, Kristen, uh, you may be aware of this as a form of uh, cataptromancy. Oh, of course. Divination using a mirror. Of course, I could have told you that. So they are, um, you know, gambling their souls to the devilish world. Right. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is a poem written by Robert Burns in the year 1787. Take a candle and go alone to a looking glass. Eat an apple before it, and some traditions say you should comb your hair all the time. The face of your conjugal companion-to-be will be seen in the glass as if peeping over your shoulder. Oh, my God. How horrible is that? That's terrible. So you still see your own face peeping, in the mirror. Yeah, and then you just see a little guy peep over your shoulder. Hello. Like, uh, what's that What's that guy yeah, to meet you. perched on a ledge who's Kilroy. in the 60s? Kilroy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith is shooting a horror movie about Kilroy right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked uh, Red State. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Uh, there is a greeting card to be given out on Halloween. Uh-huh. Uh, that is on the Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary Wikipedia page, but I found it to be especially awesome. Yeah. Um, it says, on Halloween night... Look in the glass. Your future husband's face will pass, and it and <laughs> that it, is so sweet. And it shows a young girl wearing sort of like a silk nightgown with a ribbon tied around her waist, holding a candle, looking in the mirror, and directly beside her, almost as if the two of them are standing at the altar to get married or something, yeah. is a man in a suit, presumably her husband. Right. But the distinguishing feature of it, Kristen, is that on the wall there is a shadow. The shadow. Of absolutely a witch. I love that. Pointed hat, broomstick, definitely a witch. Suggesting that like, yeah, you're doing something that's cutesy and mm-hmm. kind of innocent feeling, but it is a form of dark Right, magic. let's not forget. It is a form of witchcraft. And that transitions nicely into the fact that sometimes this ritual would go wrong. Uh-huh. Sometimes these girls would look into the mirror and they wouldn't see their future husband. No. Instead, they might see a skull or the face of the Grim Reaper telling them that they are destined to die before they will ever have a chance to marry. Oh, my God. How crazy is that? So to some extent, by doing this, yeah. you're basically saying, like, will I live Right, to long have enough? a conjugal companion. Yeah. Conjugal companion. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Um, Man. Now here's to the 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 sort of more modern uh-huh. 
version. As we said, repeat Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, looking into a mirror in a dimly lit room, and Bloody Mary appears. But what does she want to do? Uh, well, it deviates again. Some say that you just have to endure her standing there screaming in your face God. like a banshee. Uh, I know we both don't like the idea of somebody screaming in your face. No, I don't like that. Uh, she might just start hurling curses at you, which I hope Ooh. that there would be like some like weird ancient yeah. like, from, from hell curses that we've never heard before. Right, right. I mean, I don't want that to happen to me, but it sounds cool. Yeah, like evil dead just being like, I'll swallow your soul, I'll swallow your soul. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, she might try to st- strangle you. Oh, nope. She might steal your soul. Yeah. Uh, she might drink your blood or scratch your eyes out. Oh. Do any of those ring a bell? Yeah. Uh, because in Supernatural. Oh, no, no, no. I meant to us as kids doing this. Because one of these, from reading that, I went like, oh, that is something that I thought was at risk by doing this. No. I th- The one that rings the biggest bell would be scratching eyes out. Yes. Yeah. Me too. But I don't, I don't totally remember thinking that, but it, like, it, it is associated with it for me. I actually almost said that in the right. beginning. Yeah. It didn't conjure yeah. the clearest memory. Like, I don't yeah. remember anybody telling me that, whatever. Right. But I do distinctly remember standing in that laundry room, looking in the mirror and thinking about what if she scratches my eyes out? Yeah. So that must bell. be the version that we heard as right, kids. Right, right. Yeah. But I know there was an episode of Supernatural where there's a Bloody Mary thing. And I think that she might scratch their eyes out too. Huh. I think. Maybe. I don't remember. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I know she doesn't do anything good. Yeah, probably not. Mm-mm. I mean, I, I, I would, you know, be very surprised if Bloody Mary turned out to be like a hero in yeah. a story. I don't know. No, not to my um, recollection. Some versions of the story say that you should taunt Bloody Mary. Oh no! Uh, about her, about her baby, about her kids. What? Uh, What's wrong with her baby? Well, it's because of the origin of some people saying that Queen Mary the First, uh, who was known as Bloody Mary, uh, she was known for having like tons of miscarriages and false pregnancies. That's terrible. You're going to make fun of that? Yeah, I don't really understand why it's like, yeah, so then definitely do that. <laughs> like, definitely taunt that, that ghost. Um, about, like, horrible traumas? Right. So <laughs> so weird. Here's the thing about, about, uh, about Mary, Queen Mary. She was known as Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people tie her story together with the Bloody Mary we're talking about here right now. Mm-hmm. She was known as Bloody Mary for a very specific reason. She had... Uh, over 280 Protestants burned at the stake for heresy. Yeah, that's I. Yeah, okay, yeah. So she was given the nickname Bloody Mary. Because right, that's she what I was thinking. I mean, killed hundreds of people. That's what I was thinking. That there was a queen named Mary who killed a ton of people. And, yes. Uh, okay. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Now that obviously was it like, for being Protestant. Yeah. I, well, obviously, yeah, I guess I if they're so. all Protestants. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Uh, she was trying to like spread the reign of Catholicism again or something like that. Yeah. It's like, oh God. It's so crazy to me because they all seem so like as far as like different Christian religions, it seems like they all just coexist and they, you know, kind of blend into each other now. It's so crazy to think how they were well, like, so divided at one point. Yeah, like I, I've never had any awareness my whole life of what the difference is supposed to be anyway. Me neither. But um, – I mean, I know there's some. I know, I know there probably are, and that's yeah. why they have different names. But, but like, it seems like the basis is kind of the same. I guess. I have yeah. complete unawareness. Yeah. Either way, the legend of Bloody Mary, Queen Mary, is obviously, I think, uh-huh. totally separate from yeah. trying to conjure Bloody Mary. No, it's just Mary. another Bloody Mary. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, I did find a, a sort of parallel story that I think is pretty cool. Uh-huh. I won't spend too much time on it, but this is this comes up frequently when you when you look up stuff about Bloody Mary because people go like, "This is very similar to Bloody Mary, and it's from Japan." And uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of Japanese urban legends and stories and stuff because I feel like their legends follow different conventions mm-hmm. that make them especially yeah uh, uh, quizzical to me. Mm-hmm. I, I find them fascinating, very cool, very scary. This is the story of. Hanako-san. Cool. Who was a uh, a young girl in Japan who is said to have been killed in World War II. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the third bathroom stall on the third floor. Done. <laughs> and knock on the door three times and say, are you there, Hanako-san? She will answer, I'm here. That is so awesome. So weird. 
And That's then, so weird. And then you open the door and different things might happen. You might see a young girl wearing a red skirt. You might be eaten by a three-headed <laughs> lizard who had mocked Hanako's voice. Boy, that's a, a that's big a departure bummer. from the first one that you might encounter. Yep. Or a white hand might emerge from the door. I don't know to what end. I would uh-huh. assume it's not good. Uh, or very similarly, a blood-stained hand will appear. Oh, that's so sweet. And also the fact that it's in a public bathroom, that must have, like, kids must be making each other do that all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so much more accessible than at school or something where, like, a bunch of kids are hanging out together, like a dark room with a mirror, yeah, like, yeah. you know, a single small room. Yeah. Like, everywhere has bathroom stalls like yeah, that. Yeah, That's 100%. so sweet. Um, And especially, like, it was brought up reading about Hanako-san, but like, I think it was true about Bloody Mary as well that like, this is like a weird way that kids try to challenge each other to see if you're like brave or cool. Yeah. Like it's always like extended as like a challenge. Like you won't. Yeah. Like you're not going to do it. I yeah, know you're, you're right. not. You're a wimp. Yeah. Go in there, say Bloody Mary three times. I bet you won't. Yeah. I bet you won't. Like this endless, like taunting. Totally. You know, and like, cause I feel like I distinctly did that. Like mm-hmm. I would not have done that unless it was to prove how brave I was or something like that. I don't know. I think we, I think we just liked stuff like that. I think we did too, yeah. but I think that it really was. Cause like, I do remember that feeling of being like, I will, I will. I know you won't. Oh, you yeah. probably won't. It's like so goofy. It's so stupid. I know. Would you do it now? Is there anything that would give you yeah. a, a hang up about doing bloody Mary right now? Not really. No, no. Yeah. What about you? No, I just, I don't, I, I don't really want I don't to. Wanna. Yeah. But no, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I totally, know. I totally would. I'm, I not, mean, I'm not even scared. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't really think. No. I, you know, I guess as I've said in different ways before, I believe in things like that enough to not really want to mess with them, but not really. Th- I mean, I don't think anything's gonna happen with Bloody Mary, no. but in that doesn't apply to that actually. Yeah, but whatever. No, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> um, so apparently, the Bloody Mary game is based on an actual phenomenon that occurs. Um, if you are in a dimly lit room and you're staring into a mirror uh-huh. or just stare like in a dimly lit room, like, you know, that feeling of like seeing like the kind of like weird colorly like floaters in front of your eyes and stuff with your eyes closed. Yeah. Like yeah. with your eyes closed or sometimes mm-hmm. like when your eyes are trying to adjust in a dark room, you just see like shapes and colors. Yeah. You know? So, uh, real quick, when you close your eyes, do you see shapes and colors and stuff behind your eyes? What do you mean? <laughs> The second I close my eyes, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. I think that's true for everybody. I was telling like, somebody that, and they were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then it made me paranoid because when I taught my yoga class still, that was part of I'd say, like, you know, close your eyes and then watch whatever's behind your eyes. And when I said that to somebody, I was like, does that not happen to everybody? So when I say that in every class, they're like, what is this chick talking about? Really? Yeah. No, I totally relate to that. Yeah. Although we share the same blood, maybe we have the same defect. Guys, I'm I'm genuinely curious. I, I think I've looked this up before, and I think it mostly is the case. But just if you could contact us somehow at GTTU Pod, not even squeezing your eyes. Can you just close your eyes and there's just stuff yeah, going on? Yeah. Of course. When you close your eyes, if there's a bunch of activity going on or not, let, yeah, us, let know. us know. I'm genuinely curious. Almost anyway. like uh, not this extreme, obviously, yeah. but like iTunes visualizer. Like uh, there's just kind of like a weird like. Uh, like a laser light show that yes. happens a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you see a puddle that has a little bit of like maybe gas or oil on it. Mm-hmm. So it has like this little rainbow effect. I love that. Like very, very mild. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like that. Yeah. Little tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Yeah. It's definitely, I would definitely describe it as like a weird laser light show. Yeah. 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 Weird laser light show. Yeah. Yeah. Are we insane? Yeah. I'm Let curi- us know. Yeah. At GTTU pod. Yeah. Also send us stories about times you've scared yourself. Oh, please. Just for no reason. <laughs> right. I accidentally spooked myself again. Yeah. Um, anyway, so apparently like that is what happens when you're in a, a dimly lit room. You can't see things very well. Things start to sort of like bleed or melt. And so you start to see things and we have a, a, a tendency to see faces and things. Because we're making sense of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is one of the theorized reasons for why you may have seen Bloody Mary. Huh, I love that. I love things like that. I love that. Yeah. Um, Bloody Mary pops up in pop culture all the time, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, I picked out two Mm -hmm. occurrences that I would like to talk about really quickly. Uh, In an episode of South Park, they try to summon Bloody Mary. And then, I guess it's probably Cartman. I don't know, that rapscallion. (laughs) He says Biggie Smalls into a mirror three times, and he summons the notorious B.I.G., 
did you <laughs> rip that off? No. Would that have happened at the same, like, I don't think so. Did your childhood rip off South Park? Probably a good deal earlier. That's what, that's what I mean. I think that I said that much earlier than South Park. Kristen and her friends were playing with a Ouija board and they tried to summon the Notorious B.I.G. No, no, no. You're getting stuff mixed up. Oh. No. Okay, well, maybe may we did at some point. I'm not sure. But I was mad at you one time and I said I was going to summon the nor- Notorious B.I.G. to come and sit on you, <laughs> which is not nice. Fad shaming is not good. He's got better um, things to do. No, I mean, we might have, but um, no, that's the Notorious B.I.G. story. Very specific person to try to summon. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I know. Yeah. No, we tried Marilyn Monroe. We tried, but we tried like all kinds of people. Yeah. The Marilyn Monroe thing, which I may have talked about on the show, so forgive me. It's quick, at least. You've talked about it on many shows. I don't know if we talked about it on God the Unknown, yeah. but I think we probably have. But um, say it anyway. It's great. Yeah. So uh, my friends and I were having a séance. And um, the person who was speaking at that point, we were trying to summon Marilyn Monroe. And she was like, uh, we were trying to summon Marilyn Monroe, who died naked, but up. And we were all like, <laughs> and like broke the vibe of the seance. But up. Weird point. I know. Like it's central to trying to summon her. I got to be so specific about which Marilyn Monroe I mean. The one who died I- naked, but up. I think she's just being a fourth grader who. Uh, I know, just being... just weird. <laughs> it's um, totally weird. All right, and then the other the other pop culture influence that I uh, I want to talk about is an odd blank spot in my horror knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's the Candyman. Oh, you know, I don't like the Candyman. Why? I've I've seen at least the first. I feel like I've seen a couple of Candyman movies. I don't know something about it. I know I don't like. There's something about it that's treated with an air of like. Like gothic romance mm-hmm. to it. Like I it's really not, don't even remember. It's not it. like some whack, whacktastic slasher movie. It's not like a Jason Voorhees coming after you. For some reason, it's like a lot moodier. Uh huh. And I, I don't like that. Have you vibe. seen it? I think I've I've probably tried to watch the first Candyman movie several times and never really latched on to it. Mm-hmm. Never really liked it. Yeah. Um. But I know that. I feel like it's one of those movies that makes me feel sick a little bit. Yeah, there's something gross about it yeah. for sure. Because uh, he's like, he's like, he's got bees that crawl out of him for some reason. Yeah, and honey is is involved a lot. Yeah. I just don't understand. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I n- was aware of the fact that the Candyman in the movie is a lot like a Blair, a Bloody Mary type figure, where mm-hmm. you're supposed to say into a mirror, Candyman, right. five mm-hmm. times. Yeah, and the Candyman shows up and he might kill you. Ugh. Ugh. Well, I found out what the Candyman's deal is. Okay, there what's were like up? Three movies they didn't do very well. <laughs> Stop being made. Yeah, I don't think people talk about Candyman all that much. Not very much. Yeah, he, had, he did not like survive in pop culture. Right, it's not um, iconic. No, he's not. And and yeah, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, well, the second movie is called Candyman Two: Farewell to the Flesh, Ugh. which I think is a really great subtitle. For like an like 80s it. horror movie. I really guess so. gross. Very like Hellraiser. Yeah. Which anyway. I also don't like. That's why, I guess. So the backstory of Candyman, spoiler alert for Candyman. <laughs> also, it's a stupid name. I think it could be kind of a cool name, actually, depending. It's because it's one of those things that sounds benign, but if it's actually evil, you know that could how, be kind of you, you know. You know how like in Halloween they play Mr. Sandman? Mm-hmm. Yes, bring me a dream. Boom, 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 boom. And it has that sort of like classic 50s sort of vibe, and it's like, oh no, he's gonna show up and like, oh, it's bad. Right. And you don't want Mr. Sandman to show up, he'll kill you. Right. Uh I wonder they must have done like because the candy man can. Candyman can't cause a drip of stuff and it's gonna kill you. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Candyman. Yeah, but can, but candy there's you know, there's like a song called Candyman. Yeah. Like a fifties ish song. Candyman's like a thing. Like a cute like a cutesy thing. Yeah. No, like a fifties like boppy song. You d- you just sang the song from Willy Wonka. What? No, yeah. Yes, you did. So the Candyman song you know. No. Why not? <laughs> Because I don't want to. The Candyman can. can. You're, that's from Willy Wonka. That's from Willy Wonka? Yes. Are you sure? I'm positive. Maybe it's also from something else, but that's definitely from Willy Wonka. I think it's just from Willy Wonka. The Tim Burton, Johnny Depp version? 
Yes. No. Like the, <laughs> anyway, so the only version I recognize, nothing but respect for my candy man. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the candy man, as it turns out, was the son of a slave. He grew up to be an artist, but when he had a child with a white woman, a lynch mob cut off the hand he used to paint. Oh my God. Replaced it with a hook. Then, no wonder I didn't like Candyman and made me feel sick. That's like really upsetting. How can you root against him and hate him? Then they dribbled honey all over him, which attracted a bunch of bees who stung him to death. Oh, no. And then also he appears in the mirror if you say his <laughs> name a, a lot. lot. There's just like a lot of things there. There's just like there's nothing quite as cut and dry as like Fred Krueger died in a fire. He comes back and haunts you in your dreams. Like, it's like two sentences. Candyman, you're like, this happened, then that happened, and then that happened, but it had this weird result. Right, (laughs) right. takes a lot. There are a lot of ingredients to that candy. However, it did explain why he's the Candyman. It's because he got dripped in honey, and so honey is like candy thing. So, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It's it's, Too much. It's a little loosey-goosey. Right. But, I mean, the whole Bloody Mary thing is pretty loosey-goosey, yeah. to be honest. But it rules. It is pretty wacky. It's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, I love it. There's also Urban Legends, the series that was like kind of bit off of what Scream was doing. Really sort of self-aware Oh, movie series. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then they had Urban Legend where like people were getting killed. I love Urban Legend. Urban Legends. The third movie is like Urban Legend 3, the Bloody Mary Chronicles or mm-hmm. something like that, where they do like supernatural urban legends and it's sucks yeah <laughs> have you seen urban legend 2 or urban legends 2 oh yeah who's in that oh it's bad have i seen that with you uh probably Who? i'm a big fan of urban legends one even though i, I no me too i love urban years. legend yeah very corny very fun yeah uh yeah urban legend 2 i remember being pretty bad yeah i don't remember it pretty bad pretty bad yeah. sweet uh, anyway that is the story of bloody mary cool yeah. well thank you william you know what you're welcome yeah, yeah. all right so that wraps it up for this episode of Guides to the Unknown, guys. Yeah. Uh, be careful out there. Take care of yourselves. That's right. Don't go into your bathroom and try Bloody Mary now. Yeah. Or if you do, yourself. don't blame us. Whatever That's happens, right. it's on you. If you get your eyes scratched out, it's your problem. That's right. Yep. Um, until next time, um, you can find Guides to the Unknown everywhere online at GTTU Pod. Um, you can search Facebook for our secret Facebook group. If you just put in Guides to the Unknown podcast, um, it'll bring you to that. And you can also find Will and I individually online. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Haunted Sponge. That's right. So until next time, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Bye bye. <laughs>